Hello and welcome to OU's Nach Yomi. You can find this year posted at ouradio.org/nach or on my website, ericlevy.com, under the recording section. Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy, and I am pleased to bring to you Chapter 12 of the Book of Job. In Chapter 11, the last of the three visitors so far had his say, mostly throwing Eov's words back into his face. So far, his central message was, if you agree that God is beyond you, then stop complaining about what he does, because that alone, that is, the complaints alone are sinful and worthy of punishment. Also, he says, so far says, that God is always right and just. Eo's shock at what they've said to him, not only so far, but Bildan and, and, uh, and Eliphaz, really comes out here strongly in the form of mockery and, and sarcasm. Vayan Yov Vayomar, and Eov responds and says, Omnam ki atem am v'imachem tamut chokma. Indeed, oh indeed, you are the leaders, you are the guys, and wisdom ends with you. That is, after you die, knowledge dies with you. You know what? Eov says, Gam li levav kamochem. I also have intelligence just like yours. Note that he uses the word levav to counter Sofar's attack on his ignorance when Sofar said to him, V'ish navuv yilavev, Will a hollow man, an empty man, have any chance of gaining intelligence? So he says, Gam li levav kamochem. I'm as intelligent as you are. And Eov continues, Lo nofel anochim ikem v'etmi ein kamoela. Nothing is lost in, on me. And in fact, who isn't like these guys? Derisively, he's all of a sudden referring to them in the third person as if he's turning to us, the audience, and pointing to the three of them. And he asks his audience, you know, who here doesn't have the same knowledge and intelligence as these three guys? A joke to his friends, that's what I've become. He, that is the so-called friend, so either he's referring to just one of them or he's referring to them as a, as a group, as an individual group. Um, he who calls to God and gets answered, a source of laughter, a joke to he, to he who is completely righteous. Now this is a, a very hard verse, but I think that what Eov is saying is, uh, first of all I think he's referring to Eliphaz, when he says, one who calls to God and answers, because Eliphaz is the one who claimed to hear his, all of his wisdom from prophecy. But of course, Eov is being sarcastic. He doesn't believe that he's heard a thing. And he's saying that this purely righteous person who laughs at him is actually doing something completely, that is, that, that not so much laughs at him, but that uh, is trying to educate him, is actually turning him into a joke, as Eov will explain in the next verse, in verse 5, that the laughter of this, of these purely righteous person, you know, in sarcastically, is really the following. Lapid buz ragel, the torch of a scorning to one who is complain, complacent, in his belly. I'm going with the word ashtut as eshet, like it's used in Shirashirim, which means the stomach area. Um, and remember that the guts were considered to be the source of instinct and emotion. Uh, according to Eben Ezra, the la of lapid is not part of the verb. So it's la to pid, disaster or destruction. But the sense is really the same. The sense is that they think that they're helpfully instructing me by kind of teasing me and pointing out to me what it is I'm supposed to do based on their wisdom. But in fact, they're like a torch of scorn. They are killing me 
with their complacency, they're killing me with their self-satisfied assurances. And the next verse is actually kind of a shocker, since for the first time, Eob is really going to contradict everything that they've said head on, and he's also going to say something which really seems blasphemous to all of us, even though I think in, that most people in their hearts would admit that what he's going to say um, has some truth to it, and that everybody really struggles with it, and 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 that is the following: Yishlayu ohalim l'shodadim uvatuchot lemargize el lasher hevi eloah biado. Things are comfortable in the tents, that is, in the homes, in the possessions, in the very existence of those who destroy and pillage. Things are safe and sound for the ones who actually anger God. To these, God delivers it all into their hands. Which means that even though people behave in a way which is specifically against what God asks, sometimes because they go in a way that's against what God asks, they are successful. And since God is in charge of everything, one could only come to the conclusion that God is making it possible. So Eov and all of us really have a problem. We believe in God. We believe that God controls the world. So when we see that the wicked inherit the earth using their wickedness, and apparently with God's permission, then we don't know how to handle this cognitive, you know, this theological dissonance. And Eov wants to make sure that his friends know that what he's saying, everyone knows it's true. And then, his, which brings us to his next verse. V'ulam Indeed, ask your animals, your oxen, even the birds of the sky will, te- will declare it to you. Or talk to the earth and to your oxen. Again, the oxen, I'm not sure why twice. Even the fish of the sea will tell you so. Who doesn't know all of this? That is, all of the things I'm going to say in the upcoming verses... That everything that happens, it's because the hand of the Lord controls it. It's because God does all of this. Asher biyado, nefesh kol chai, v'ruach kol basar ish. Because every living thing is in his hand, as is the life force of all mortal man. Note that we have here one of the very few uh, usages of the personal name of God, yud k vav k, which means the Lord, which is almost totally absent from the discourse in this book. And that's because Sefer Eov uses the universal name for God, since it's trying to make a universal message. It's trying to say that these problems are universal. The universal names of God are El, Eloah, Elohim. And since uh, Eov is trying to say this is not a, a specifically Israelite problem, it's a universal problem, he uses God's generic name. So why use the uh, personal name of yud k of K of of the Lord, so it seems to be that he's quoting a well-known idiom that everybody knows: Kiyad Adunai Astazot, that the hand of the Lord does all this. And since he's quoting a well-known idiom, a well-known expression, so he quotes it in, in its original, which is of course in its Jewish original, which has the name, the personal name of God: Yud Hey Vav Hey. Hello, ozen milim tivchan v'cheich ochel yit amlo. Isn't it true that ears that hear words, that is your, any kind of functional ear understands this? That the palate that tastes, which means any working, uh, 
uh, uh, the, if a mouth is functional enough to be able to sense taste, then it's certainly yitam lo, it gets the, the taste of this, the sense of this, the flavor of this. That is, if you have working organs of senses, then there's no question that you sense that the following is true. Why? Because wisdom comes with age and reasoning comes from long days. Now, it's a difficult puzzle, but I think what Eov is trying to say is that you don't have to hear it in a vision, as Eliphaz says, and you don't have to look it up in ancient books of previous generations, as Bildad says. He says, all you have to do is use your experience. And anybody who's lived long enough to see how the world works knows that the following is true. With God lies wisdom and power. He has all the solutions and all the understanding. Therefore, if he will destroy, it will not be rebuilt. The assumption is a city. If he imprisons man, he will not be freed. That is, man will not be freed. If he stops the water, then it all dries up, and he exiles them and destroys the land. That is, as the famine gets worse and worse, the land will not support its people, and then when the inhabitants have to to essentially migrate out. When they are gone, the land falls into complete ruin. All strength and success is with him, with God. And therefore, it's with his permission that people err, that they are shogeg, and that they cause other people to err, which is mashgeg. He leads the leaders away barefoot and makes fools of the, or toys with the rulers. Sholal, Malik Yoatim Sholal, he leads them away barefoot. Sholal probably comes from the sense of being led away as a Sholal, as a spoil of war. Musar Malachim Piteach Sor Ezor Bimot Nehem, he unfastens the belts of kings and binds the belt on their hips. From context, Yesor here, it means in the negative sense that the Azor, this belt or this war belt, is being used to imprison them rather than to protect them in war. Molich Koanim Sholal Ve'etanim Yisalev. He leads away officials barefoot and he overthrows the mighty. The word Koanim doesn't necessarily mean priests, but it could really mean the high officials that work for the king. But as I mentioned, there's a metaphor going on here and Eov is not just referring to uh, just any nation, he's referring to the Jewish nation, he's probably referring to the Kohanim, the priests that were led away in exile as well. He removes speech from the eloquent and takes away the senses, that is the ability to reason from the elders. He pours out scorn on princes and loosens the straps of conquerors. Now notice that Shofech Buz al Nadivim, as I mentioned before, Eo very often quotes Tanakh, other places of Tanakh, but then reuses it for his own purposes. Shofech Buz al Nadivim, interestingly, is a quotation from Psalm 107, Kuvzayim which is all about how when God saves man in, from four basic types of trouble, which are being lost in the desert, being trapped in jail, being sick, and being lost in the raging sea, or being about to go down in the raging sea, that the person who was saved should bring a thanksgiving to God, should thank God for the recognition that, in recognition that God saved him. And at the end of that Psalm 107, it talks about God's power to turn everything around, that the weak become mighty and the mighty become weak. And it says, 
Yofech Buz Al Nadivim, which is a, which is what we just had in our pasuk in the Eov, Vayatema Vitohu Lo Darach, which we'll see that second part of the pasuk Eov will quote in a few other psukim. So there's no doubt that it's an accident. He quotes this verse in Psalm 107 and he splits it up in two. The Shofech Buz Al Nadivim he uses in this verse, and we'll see the Vayatema Vitohu Lo Darach is used up in the next verse. What does that mean? He pours scorn on princes and leads them away, directionless, astray in the wilderness. And the psalm ends off, that his psalm ends off in a very positive sense. Who is wise? Let him guard this, that is, let him keep this inside, internalize this. Let him understand the loving kindness of the Lord. But Eov here is quoting the same verse, but his conclusion is the opposite. That is, the only distinction between those who get overthrown by God is that the wicked leaders, in their viciousness and aggressiveness, are the ones who come out ahead, not behind. So, getting back to the list of bad things that happen, and note that in most of these things, we're really talking about the national level and not the individual level, which means, again, this is sort of like a hint that this sort of like reveals the referent behind the metaphor. That is, the metaphor is Eov as the individual sufferer, but the referent of that, that is the national suffering of the Jewish people in exile, really peeks its way through by Eov's focus on the national problems, not individual problems. He reveals the deep secrets from the darkness and brings shadow and darkness into the light. And what I think that means here is that just when things look like they're going well and a nation is in control of its secrets and its ability to to uh, to control itself and to master itself, that those secrets which can destroy a nation or an individual come to light. And I'm basing this interpretation on the next verse, which is Maskila Goyim Vayabedeim Shoteach La Goyim. He elevates nations and then he destroys them. He lays it all out for them, that is, he gives them everything that they want and then abandons them. And the message here is the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Or maybe even intentionally that God lifts you up high just so that you can fall all by the hand of God. Now, I personally would argue that the reason why these nations fall is not because God casts them down, but it's because of the rot and the complacency that infects any kind of uh, expanding empire. Um, however, it's not my book, so it's not my ideas that count. It's Eov's, uh, 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 it's Eov's viewpoints that count here, and he sees it all as the hand of God, both the good side of it by raising them up and the destructive side of them, of it, which is uh, casting the nations down. May seer lev rashay am ha'aretz, he removes the intelligence of the leaders of the nations of the earth. And once again, he returns to the quote from Psalm 107 from Tila Kuv Zayin, but turns things to his own purpose. Vayat aim bitohu lo darech, he leads them astray, directionless in the wilderness. Yimashashu choshech vilaor, vayat aim kashikar. They grope around in the darkness as if there is no light. He leads them astray as if they were drunkards. Eov hasn't said anything that isn't really true that one can't observe in the world. In fact, not only has he said the truth, he's quoted Tehillim. 
but as opposed to that Tehillim, Kuv Zayin, that where the conclusions were positive, and that one has to appreciate the loving kindness of God when he saves us, Eov says, well, if it works that way, it cuts the other way also, which means that we have to recognize and appreciate, quote-unquote, that when things are bad, that's God as well. Next chapter continues in this vein, and he'll retor- return to, the, to his point that Eov's knowledge and understanding of the world is as good as any of his three visitors, and he will continue to castigate them next chapter in chapter 13.